Oh, well, I'm not going to do a full explanation on the on the podcast. That's ridiculous. You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to the huddle. I'm Tony, joined by Corey and Daniel as always. Welcome back. What up? Uh, hello, hello. I was gone last week. I was on the side of a river, by the way. If you listened, it was a river. I was kayaking. Listen, sometimes shit happens. You just got to deal with it. Um, I'm back, though. And honestly, I thought last week's show was awesome. So thanks, guys, for picking right up there. You're very welcome. We did it. We talked the week before about the best division in football. and We talked about our MVP favorites or our dark horse MVP, I'm sorry, dark horse MVP favorites. And we never actually got around to doing that. So I, I figured let's just pick up right there. We've got football. It's today's a Thursday podcast. We got football tonight. And I know it's week one of the preseason, but football is officially here. I mean, it is football season. Um, so let's take one break from the hype of this wonderful game that we'll see Thursday night and Friday and Saturday and Sunday, by the way, that's cool. But let's not talk right. about preseason football. Let's pick up where we left off. We had talked about the AFC North and the NFC West, and we couldn't figure out which division was the best division in football. So we kind of made this bracket here. Corey, will you just explain the bracket, please? Please. Oh, I'll try to make it as simple <laughs> as possible. I just had each of us rank the teams within the division uh, based off who we thought the best was, within, who we thought the best was within their division, and put them in order. And I put that into a bracket, and we just said, "Hey, you know, who do you guys think is going to win this matchup?" There's three of us, so there was always a winner. Um, so here, I'll just break down the bracket real quick. If you're watching, it'll be much easier. By the way. Um, every time I go live on Twitch, uh, it goes out to Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at DJ Silk underscore TTV. And then you can click there and watch our podcast live on Wednesday night. Um, so if you're watching live, um, I've got a bracket on the screen. We had the Rams versus the Bengals. We took the Rams, Ravens, Cardinals, Ravens, uh, Browns, Niners. We took the Browns, the Seahawks, Steelers. We took the Seahawks. So the second round, we had the Rams versus the Ravens. Uh, for some reason, we got the Ravens out of that. And then the Browns versus Seahawks, we, we got the Browns. So the championship was the Ravens versus the Browns. The Browns won the winner's bracket. We also had a loser's bracket, and the Rams won that. Uh, they probably should have won the initial one, but somehow that didn't happen. And then they all got points based <laughs> off their wins. Uh, Corey's then, bitter from the outcome. Yeah, Corey yeah. is very, very bitter from the outcome. And by the way, <laughs> to be clear, you specifically said you would not – what did you say? You're not going to – Explain the whole bracket. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't get into like I didn't. I'm not going to explain the losers bracket. It's not necessary. But basically, if you won in the first in the first bracket, it was two points for your first win, four for the second championship. Then it was half half of all those points in the losers bracket. I think you just explained so, the entire bracket. I explained the whole oh, thing. But, but this is how we got here: the AFC North, 17 points, and the NFC West with 11 points, and. Basically, just looking at it, the Browns and the Rams both, both finished with eight points. Um, so they kind of established themselves as the top two teams, in our opinion. 
And then you had the Ravens Steelers, which is where they got where the uh, AFC North got the win. And then you had the Seahawks Cardinals and Niners right below them. And then the Bengals um, in last place there. So I think, Basically, what we're looking at is AFC North is a little more top-heavy. Um, they've got three powerhouses where the NFC West has one and then three really good teams after that. So I think that's kind of where um, how we figured it out, I figured it out and how it felt. So, yeah, that's the bracket. I thought that was a fun exercise. Now, it doesn't – I think when I look at the way we rank these teams, though, I don't think that tells the whole story. We all ranked 1, 2, 3, 4, AFC North and NFC West. We had the Browns. Uh, two of the three of us had the Browns in first, and the Browns were lowest at second. I guess in some ways, I think this bracket was a lot of fun to like, you know what I mean, to, to mock through the entire exercise. I don't know that it tells the whole picture, though. I really believe that the AFC North is far away, far and away a better division because I think they have three top heavy teams like three they can four can four teams from the same division make the playoffs this year i don't know what the rules are like i mean i know what the rules are but i didn't i guess i didn't think is that even possible yeah there's three wild cards so technically it is possible so there's a chance that if the bengals are hot and they're everything that like like that's obviously the bengals are the lowest team in that division Uh, except maybe you can make an argument against the steelers i could see an argument there me personally i didn't have the gut to do that so I rank the Bengals at fourth, but if the Bengals get hot enough, I really feel like the AFC North could potentially have four teams represented at least as wild cards in, uh, in the playoffs. And I don't think that's true for the NFC West. I think somebody, those other teams are not complete enough. Many of them are more like the Bengals. That's what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yeah. When you, when you break down the division, that that's exactly how the divisions are like not necessarily the divisions, but the conferences, I should say Uh, the AFC is very, uh, very diverse, but it's also packed at the top. But the NFC, I feel like those middle and bottom teams could also surprise. And, you know, we've kind of been used to the AFC being the stronger conference, but the NFC is deeper. Like there's other divisions like the Tampa division where you've got, um, the Panthers, who could be a rising team, nobody knows what they're going to do this year. The Saints, they're right on the edge of the playoffs. I mean, there's three teams in that same division that could also make some noise. So um, the AFC, very top-heavy, and then kind of gets really weak towards the bottom, but the NFC is pretty strong. So I agree with you. As far as the AFC goes, anything could happen with one division taking multiple playoff spots, but it's really hard to do that in the NFC. I mean that. Yeah, I I agree. I think the AFC is a little more top heavy, and the NFC is just deeper. I think that's kind of the way these divisions work too. Yeah. So, are we really not going to have a big debate about which which division is better? Because I felt like well, Corey did. Corey, th- did you originally think the West was the NFC West was uh, tougher than the AFC North? I do, I do, and I still think they are better. And I guess the reason I feel that way is because you've got Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. Um, and you know, when Jimmy Garoppolo is on top of his game, he's a solid quarterback. So I feel like you've got four really solid options where in the AFC North, I think there's question marks for every single one of these teams. I, at at the quarterback position, I think that's just, 
maybe my perception of how I, you know, I view football teams with the quarterback position, but I think it matters. And I think it matters when it comes down to the playoffs and late in the season. And I, I think the teams in the NFC West have the talent at quarterback to win those important games late in the year, opposed to the teams in the AFC North. And that's just the way I look at it. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I, I mean, guess, do you th- are there any teams in the AFC North that don't have question marks? I mean, the Bengals have a lot of question marks. They have a lot of question I'm t- marks. I, I meant quarterback. Quarterback. Oh, okay. Um, no. Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. Ben Roethlisberger has a lot of question marks. You don't think Lamar has question marks? At this point, I think there's no question because we we know what we're getting out of Lamar. I don't I don't think there's any surprises there. Ben's question mark is health. We if if Lamar's not a prolific passer. That's okay because that's who we think he is. So if he proves us wrong, that's great. That's upside that he may have, but it's not a question mark. Like we don't. But ex- also, we, he's won games through the air. He has won games through the air. I'm, I'm not saying that he can't do it, Daniel. It's not like you know. Yeah, I, mean, I know. I've said it before that he sucks. I don't as think a he can do it. I don't think he can do it. But he doesn't have to. He do had. It. He doesn't need. He to had do it. multiple five touchdown games two years ago. I mean, two that's years throwing. Ago. That's and, then, and then that offseason, I said he got lucky a bunch, and then last year he sucked. He last, didn't – I think year, the perception was the when he was unanimous year. MVP yes. that the bar was so high that yes. last year they were still a very solid team. And even though he didn't have statistically the same stats, he still had a very good year, so people portrayed that as a bad year. But I don't think Lamar had a bad year. He had a better playoff year. That's what the big knock on him has been. And he won in the playoffs. He beat Tennessee. He did what no team uh, could do and, you know, shut down the Titans and win in the playoffs. Um, You know, so who knows? I mean, yeah, there's question marks. Lamar isn't the greatest passer. Everybody knows that. But when games don't go his way in the passing game, he just takes over in the run game. So I think he has less question marks than, say, the Steelers, who when Ben's off his game – they completely bomb the whole game. And then yeah. Baker, Baker's completely inconsistent. I mean, we talk about since his rookie year when he set tired of Peyton Manning for most passing touchdowns in a rookie year, what has he done? What has he done since? I mean, we're already crowning the Browns as the best you know, team in the division, but I feel like that's mostly because of their defensive talent and then kind of everyone around Baker. Like Nick Chubb is great. Jarvis Landry is very underrated. Odell Beckham saw the talent, but what has Baker actually done? Yes, since that's that? it. That's it. That's it. That's that's the reason why I have the Browns at the beginning, at the, the very first, first of the division, and probably the first of this entire list, because they're the most complete team on both sides of the ball. They have an. I mean, we talked about the running back rooms. There is a very real argument that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best one-two punch in football. There's, I mean, that is real. Odell Beckham, yeah. Jarvis Landry. Austin Hooper. I mean, they've got all the weapons on offense, everything on defense. Baker didn't have to be great. The team is ready. It's time. This is the yeah, same thing, the thing that we say Brown- about the Indianapolis Colts, except that the difference is the the Browns are even more complete than the Colts are. They may not be as strong on defense, but where they lack on the defensive side, they make up on offense. And so I really think that the Browns are one of the most complete teams in football. That's why I've got them high. Baker doesn't have to be great. He just has to be. A he doesn't. He just can't. He just has to be. Yeah, he has to be a little above average, and the Browns will have a great year. That's that's literally it. Uh, If you look at the Ravens and how their team like breaks down, 
They have a great offensive line, great defensive line, great defense overall, uh, you know, great running game, but their biggest knock is the wide receivers and the Browns edged them out and wide receiver like talent, you know, cause Marquise Brown, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, it's just not, it, it's not as complete as the Browns are. But the Steelers are, you know, they're completing kind of the more well-rounded team, but Big Ben can crash that whole team. We've seen it. I mean, he has horrible, horrible games and late in the year, unfortunately. Yeah, and I, I think that's what I'm looking at. Is Kyler Murray, is Russell Wilson, is Matt Stafford likely to crash a team like Big no. Ben? No, no. Right. So I, they, they don't have the capability. In my mind, it's three to two there at the top of the divisions. So, but that's not how it shook out, unfortunately. Well, I get you. I get you. Three to two. Those sound like odds. Is this best bets of the week? Best bets of the week. <laughs> best bets of the week. <laughs> Can't wait for football, guys. <laughs> no, it is not best bets of the week. How how'd you feel? Uh, how'd you feel about our draft party, Tony? We were talking about that. Oh, last I the, week I thought the draft party was awesome. I by the way, um, home league. I think we're in our this is our one, two, three, four, fifth year now. And uh, I I picked. I had two picks this year. In the third round, I got Justin Fields, and in the third round, guess who I picked? You already know Tim Tebow. Oh, disgusting! Oh God. <laughs> I listen, puked in my mouth a little bit. Listen, here's the deal. I already had to cut players, and I knew that Tim Tebow was somebody I could cut. And so I was going to go. <laughs> I took him just in case. You know, it's just I'm playing. And I traded all the other picks to future picks. So I'm very happy. I didn't really necessarily want Justin Fields, but I got him. The party was blast. It's Honestly, it's the greatest day of the year at our house. We have a tent and keg. And this year, by the way, my keg was twice as big as it was the previous year because, you know, the pandemic kind of makes you forget a few things. So I had way more beer than we needed, but... It is what it is. You guys yep. polish it off or what happened to that cake? No, no, we couldn't finish that off. That was an that was a race like I've never had before to like constantly pour like every hour and a half I was filling <laughs> it up with ice. Like just, <laughs> it's ninety degrees outside and for three days because uh, the keg showed up a day before the draft even started. So I spent twenty four hours icing the keg before anything even happened. That was horrible. That was horrible. Anyway. That's a good point. that's a good timeline though. 24 hours before the party, that's that's a good timeline for a kick. Well, that's a Daniel, lot of ice. Were you happy with your draft, Daniel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was pretty happy. I, I Looking back on it, I probably could have changed some things, and I was trying to actually trade my first-round pick before the draft started. But, um, yeah, I ended up taking Trey Sermon late in the first and then wound back around, traded up for Elijah Moore, and then uh, traded up for uh, Trey Lance in the third round. Was it the third round or late second? With you, I think Corey. it was the third. I think it was the third. Yeah. So I was pretty happy with the top half of uh, of that draft, and that's what kind of made it for me. So I thought that was pretty solid. What about you, Corey? Were you happy with it overall? Hey, I got Mr. Irrelevant, and he's going to be a league winner for the next 10 years. Who, Mike Strachan. Again? Mike Strachan oh, okay. of the Indianapolis Colts. Is it Strachan or Strahan? Can we figure this out right now? It's, it's Strachan. Is it Strachan? It's one of the above Struck or another or other. Good. We're going to get back to you guys next week. I promise we're going to know how to say this. Uh, name. Mike Strachan has been dropping one handed catches all over Colts training camp and has been compared to Calvin Johnson by me. So which, which backup QB does he have the most rapport with? It doesn't matter. Cause they said Wentz is going to be ready week one. So 
Okie dokie. Okay, Wentz, ready week one. Wentz, Carson Wentz, uh, MVP. Here's a true story. When DraftKings futures came out, I rushed to them to vote Carson Wentz comeback player of the year. I put $100 on the bet. What I actually bet was Carson Wentz for MVP because I didn't pay any attention. This is true. I've got the slip. It'll pay me huge if this works out. I don't know what, what is. Well, how much did you bet on it? $100. Oh, oh what's the pay? What's I don't know. Pay? I don't know. I'll look in a minute. I don't know what the odds are now. But oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not a reality. I fucked up. No, 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 no. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Well, I, I, you don't think that's. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let's talk about our MVPs. We got to talk about this. Dark Horse MVP candidates. I accidentally vote on Carson Wentz to be the MVP, and Corey's saying it's possible. So you don't have to make this your selection, but I want you to lead the lead the segment. Why do you think that's not out of the realm of possibility? I mean, the Colts have one of the best teams in football around him, so I don't think he needs to be great to put up great stats, if that makes any sense. Um Hell, if the Colts finish 15-2, and two, which would be a miracle, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, just because of those wins and a decent stat line, it just, you know, if he just has a decent stat line, he could, be, he could get the votes, you know? But my concern would be if he just had a decent stat line, he would be comeback player of the year. That's my concern, and that somebody with a better stat line would get the MVP. Is that not? That's is, possible. That's that's why he's not even on the sheet in front of me okay. for odds. Okay. Good, good. So we good. I can. But I, I really hope you win. I really do. <laughs> I, I hope I win too. That would be fantastic. Um, I'll look up the odds. Corey, go ahead and give us your dark horse first. We said eighteen hundred and under, and I feel like it's an absolute steal. And I think I've talked about it before, but Matt Stafford. I mean, this is a great quarterback going to a great team that is two two years removed from a Super Bowl. Is that right? Um, three, three years, three years. Was really? that the worst? Yeah. That was by I think the way. It was three. That was the worst Super Bowl in NFL history. We just talked about. Oh that. my That's god! Correct. So bad. So bad. But he's getting a great wide receiver group: Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. There's some young guys in there. I know, I know you guys are concerned about the running back situation, but for God's sake, the NFL, all these running backs are athletes. Somebody's going to be successful. They'll be fine. And you've got the best corner in, uh, in the NFL, and you've got the best defensive lineman, probably the best football player in the NFL, and Aaron Donald, um, which is why we just talked about the NFC West. I don't know how the Rams didn't come out as winners, but I expect them to plow through the NFL this year. I could be wrong, but I, I just don't see another possibility. I just think they're too solid on both sides of the ball. They've got the great coach. They have a smart quarterback, a talented quarterback. I think they should be better than the team that made it to the Super Bowl, and they should win the Super Bowl. And I think Matt Stafford will lead the way and win the MVP. Love that. Daniel, take over. Um, I've actually not told either one of you my pick, but uh, very similar odds here. I am actually taking for my dark horse MVP, Justin Herbert. Wow. Um, wow. It's uh, the Chargers are my surprise team of the year. And I think they're building that defense the right way. I hope to God this is finally the year that we see how good Derwin James is. He's back. Uh, I was watching 
just some videos of him staying with Keenan Allen, which is actually really hard to do, even though Keenan Allen's like almost 30 and, you know, getting up there, he's been hobbled in the past, but he is a very, very good route runner. Derwin James is man on man sticking with Keenan Allen and picking off passes that don't have a chance. I mean, he is just so good. And if God forbid he could stay healthy, this is an elite defense. Okay. This is a division that is pretty stacked at the top with just both of them. In my opinion, it's just the chiefs chargers. And I could easily see a world just because it's the NFL where the chargers beat the chiefs twice and they make it to the playoffs and Justin Herbert, I mean, look at the year he had last year. I don't have the stats in front of me, but great rookie year. I mean, it was very unexpected. He has Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Tyron Johnson is actually a really, really good player that a lot of people don't know of yet as wide receiver. And then, you know, his, his tight end position with Jared Cook and Donald Parham and just some other guys there with Trey McKitty and then, uh, we'll see if a couple other guys get some get some reps there. But then he's got Austin Eckler out of the backfield. He's one of the best pass-catching running backs in the league to pad Justin Herbert's stats with a great offensive line that they spent a lot of money in free agency to build. I Kind of like what you said, all the pieces are around him to just build a great team. So I, even though they have the Chiefs in the same division who – are a better team I chart look out for the chargers and I think Justin Herbert is very very good and I I think it's kind of an easy pick for me too just to someone that has just a super high upside Justin Herbert is definitely my pick well a couple of weeks ago whenever we did the uh the playoff simulator but it was on that other website I had I think I had the Chargers finish in with like two or three losses and I had to go back and fix it but <laughs> there is and I did not like Herbert coming into the NFL, but I remember looked, that. I remember he looked really good. I I hope he keeps it up. I really do. I don't wish bad things upon any of these guys, but um, if he can keep it up, man, and if that team's healthy, I don't see any reason why they can't be that successful and uh, put up a good record. And Herbert put up good stats and win an MVP. So I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Yeah, but that's that didn't. I mean, it's a dark horse. I get it. Long odds. I get it. By the way, uh, yeah. Carson Wentz odds were plus uh, $3,300. $100 at plus $3,300, by the way, pays $3,400. There's a comma in there. I'll take it. But that's not going to happen. I, <laughs> I wasted $100. Uh, pay attention to your bets, guys. If you have a problem, there's a hotline. Text me or tweet me or whatever. I'll get you the hotline. But if you have a problem with gambling like I do, I can help you get some help. Anyway. Hey, by the way, Tony, updated odds since the injury. Carson Wentz plus 5,000. Well, great. So I got shafted. Yeah. So just pay attention to your bets, guys. That's double what I'm down. trying to say. Double, double down. Double down. Another, Tony, no, no. another hundred. Guys, Throw it on it right now. Do not double down. <laughs> hey, what, what did do you not. ever figure out what it paid? $3,400, right? Is that what it just said? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Is that it? A hundred bucks gets you 3,400? Well, now it gets you five grand. <laughs> I'm not yeah, betting that. I'm not betting I feel that. Like you that, was, that was pre-injury. Well, right I feel now. Like it should be like 30 grand. Right now, if you bet $100 <laughs> on Alvin Kamara, you get eight grand. And if I'm thinking of a dark horse, I look back at like the history of the MVP award. There hasn't been a running back that won MVP since Adrian Peterson. And you think, well, Derrick Henry just did a second 2000 rushing, you know, 
the rushing guard season, he didn't win MVP. And so I tried to like think about the recipe that it takes to get a running back to be the MVP. Here's what I figured out. In 2012, do. in 2012, Adrian Peterson ran for 2,097 yards. That's doable in today's league. Let's see here. Receiving. Uh, 51 receptions, 40 targets. That's doable in today's league for a running back. Now, here's the catch. I looked at the Vikings team as a whole. They passed for 2,700 yards that season. 2,700 <laughs> yards passing that year. God, and I remember that. That's when I figured out the recipe for a running back to become the NFL MVP is he has to be the sole driving force of that team. Alvin Kamara can be that guy. And he's set up in a position where he has the talent to do that. He has the pedigree to do it. He has the youth. I mean, he has everything that it takes there to be the guy that carries that team. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Michael Thomas is injured and may be traded. Who else? Who, what else? Who else is catching the ball in New Orleans? Marcus Galloway. I mean, okay. it's, take your pick. Okay, yeah, so take would, your you, pick. would you be shocked if they threw for 3,000 yards no matter who the quarterback was? I mean, 3,000 is kind of low in today's NFL. Okay. One thing One thing that but you're hesitant. is a bad comparison. You, uh, you sound hesitant. You didn't say no. I mean, yes, but they always make it happen. I mean, the tight ends and, you know, they're going to put out three receivers regardless of who they are, and it's just going to be – I mean, the team as a whole. Warren Jackson didn't make it happen last year. He only threw for 2,700 yards. Well, here's what I, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to keep going. The team as a whole, ready? Here's the passing game that year. 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Does that sound like Jameis Winston? Because to me, it kind of does. I mean, that was Christian Ponder with, I mean, just Sidney Rice to throw to. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, my argument is the formula exists. It's happened in the past. If you're going to bet on a, a running back to win the MVP, my bet is it'll be Alvin Kamara this year. I'm not saying a running back will win MVP. This is dark horse stuff. Like, don't go out and bet $100 on him because I told you to. It's probably not going to happen. But the, I, I do think that the formula is there. I think it all makes sense. So that's who I would pick. I love it. Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey's too easy. And then Dalvin Cook, there's just too many other guys on the team. Like, I know he kind of helped the team, but then like the third best running back in the league is Alvin Kamara. Right. And that's, that's how I kind of dialed this down as I go. Okay. So I like Dalvin. That was honestly, I started with Dalvin cook. Could he be the MVP? He could, he has the talent, but he also has, you know, Jefferson Thielen. Yeah. They're going to pass for 5,000. Yeah. They're going to pass for 5,000. Almost as a team. I mean, so you can't be the most valuable player. If your team goes to the playoffs with 5,000 passing yards, you can be, if, your team has fewer. So I moved on to the next guy, uh, Derrick Henry. Honestly, I think he could have, he, there was an argument for him to have won it last year, but the team did well on all sides of the offense. So he's but just they added Julio and Ryan Tannehill is going to throw for 4,500 and right, I mean, AJ right. Brown and Julio are going to be. So yeah. So now yeah, he's not it. eligible anymore. So you move on to the next guy and it's Alvin Kamara. And then bang, it hits you right in the face. I'm telling you, this is to me. The, di- the difference was in 2012, it wasn't as much of a passing league as it is today. But still, you have a you have a running back that could take a lot of that. You you can absorb a lot of that passing work as well, more than Adrian Peterson did. Did you already say 
Adrian Peterson's um, pass uh, receiving statistics. Yeah, he I I'd mentioned targets and receptions. 51 targets, 40 receptions for only 217 yards. So they were short Alvin Camaro will, Yeah, he'll have Alvin Kamara will have that by week 7. What Alvin Kamara That's the, that's the difference. He's not going to get 2000 rushing yards, but he'll make up for it in, in receiving yards. And that's, that's what I'm saying. The receptions, yeah. the receptions and receiving yards. He'll yeah. have 40 catches by week 7 or 8. Yeah. Yards from scrimmage 2314. Alvin Kamara can do that. Yeah, out of necessity, he will have to, <laughs> like we talked about. Not, I hope Alan Kamara falls to me at five on Labor Day. Oh, no. Really? Oh. He might. Oh, my gosh. Is this foreshadowing? Do I need to trade? I, I, have, I, the, I, have, I have the eighth pick. I'll trade. Can I trade you right now? No. Oh. Nope, 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 nope. Hey, real quick, did you guys watch Hard Knocks last night? No, tell me about that. No. I heard about Mike McCarthy. Was they, it good? Did they make McCarthy sound like an idiot? Uh, I mean, he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't seem like this, uh, inspirational, you know, championship winning coach, but I, I sent out a tweet last night. I sent out a tweet last night figuring all my followers were watching hard knocks and would absolutely love it. But Jerry Jones is on the phone with some uh, medical guy and he's like, yeah, I just talked to, uh, the health guy for the Yankees and the Rangers. And they said, as long as Dak doesn't throw the ball, he's fine. Just let him rest for a week. And then Jerry Jones is unwrapping a McDonald's McGriddle on a, on a plate (laughs) with a napkin. And then he hangs up the phone and pours salt on his McGriddle, which, Oh my God. Is How is that dude alive? alive? <laughs> I didn't get a single like or retweet. It was incredible. <laughs> I may have been the only one who saw it. They they had the M's on the McGriddles blurred out. Oh, oh my gosh! Come on, what? on the, on the what sandwich it itself? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, like where it's pressed into the food. Yes. <laughs> hey, so what's up with Dak getting another MRI on the shoulder? Is this going to be an issue moving forward? Are we going to hear a lot more about this shoulder? Did you guys hear this? This is as of today. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it. An, an, an additional MRI has been scheduled for Dak Prescott on this shoulder. I, wow. I mean, this, this is getting scary. I mean, this is the start of preseason. The regular season starts at literally, what, four I. Say that again. Addition, I, I, additional, say it again. Season starts when? The season starts. We week one of preseason starts now, and we have four weeks of preseason. So the pre the preseason is over in a month, and Dak is scheduling another MRI for his shoulder. I mean, it's getting kind of scary. That shouldn't be happening. I think he, like what Jerry said, as long as he doesn't throw, he should be fine. He may have just kind of pushed his rehab a little too hard or something. I don't know. Well, the only thing I don't I'm not a doctor, but perhaps they have the funds available to do a second MRI to check progress on healing. That's I mean well, okay. from the outside That's, looking in, I, I don't know. I don't know the reason. I don't know. I, I didn't think about that. That is a very good point. That could very well be it. I don't know. Maybe it's because his arm's fucked up and we're not gonna have Dak Prescott and they don't have Andy Dalton. Who's the backup quarterback? Uh God, I hope it's not still Ben DiNucci. Oh. It is. He was on hard knocks last night. Oh God! Oh All right. God! It's, it's Ben Danucci. Well, Ben Danucci. Wow. <laughs> so let's hope it's not anything serious, or otherwise, no. America's team will be Ben Danucci's team. Anybody have anything else? 
I'm good. Uh, oh, nope. uh, Quentin Nelson is supposed to be be back week one also with Carson Wentz. Nice, nice. That would be great for the Colts. Yeah, baby. Um, yep. Yeah. I don't have anything. See you next week. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Good job, everybody.